0: This is the 60 Years of Print podcast series, celebrating the 60th anniversary of print action, as well as recognizing the major milestones in the printing industry in the last six decades. Hello, everyone. I'm Nitya Caleb, the editor of Print Action. Today on 60 Years of Print, we are going to chat with industry leader and chronicler Nick Howard, about the evolution of offset technology in the last 60 years. Hi, Nick. Thanks for joining us.
1: Ah, Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Welcome. Um, I want to start off by asking you to set the scene. Explain to us what was offset technology like in 60 years ago?
1: Well, offset technology was obviously very different. Uh, at the beginning of the century. A new process that kind of came about from stone printing, but it also opened up gaps in new technologies that were going to be needed to operate the machinery. So for the first time, we had a situation where two technologies uh, had to combine uh, to make the offset process, as we know now, actually work. And those two technologies were the press itself and film. And film and plates. So they had to work together, and, and they actually both hindered each other from developing uh, the modern offset press. But back in the initial early days, everything was manual. There was right. no ball bearings on the machine, there was no automatic oiling, lubrication, there was no integrated dampening, there was nothing like that every job that was put on a press was an adventure
0: so how was it perceived then eh, by the industry
1: in the early days because letterpress was so entrenched in the market the manufacturers basically all of them uh were very concerned about offset stealing some of the work away offset could obviously do things that letterpress couldn't do they could print uh photographs much clearer and more lifelike Than letterpress was able to do. They had the ability to print cheaper uh, than letterpress because their machines were rotary and they could run faster. And uh, when the duplicator came out, the small format uh, offset press, that created a real problem with the short run forms business because much of that uh, started to move over to offset. So it did create a real serious problem in, in the industry. Plus all the printers, had all letterpress equipment they had everything they needed to operate make had type movable type line of types posing tables skilled people to compose and uh, compose uh forms and pressmen who only knew letterpress
0: so when did that shift happen when did the industry start adopting or you know embracing offset technology uh
1: There's no specific time. There was no uh, watershed moment, I don't think, with the offset. It slowly progressed. Since the first machines were were being shipped from 1906, it slowly progressed uh, to being a little bit more dominant every year. And manufacturers played a big role in that, press manufacturers, uh, specifically Harris, who spent a great deal of time marketing uh, offset outside the industry to let clients, uh, customers, um, uh, anyone that would need printing uh, know that offset was actually superior to letterpress. But it didn't really kind of shake letterpress loose until pretty close to the early 60s, the 1960s. And at that point, almost everyone had an offset press. They may have still had letterpress, but almost everything was being produced with offset.
0: So in the 1960s, uh, what, how different was offset in the 1960s from what it is right now? What were its limitations particularly?
1: That's a difficult question to ask because the limitations okay. were endless with an offset press. <laughs> because again, they were all manual. There was no electronics per se. There was, uh, there was no way of gauging ink. Dead densitometers were actually mm-hmm. just starting to appear and they were very expensive they're all cathode ray tube operated they didn't work very well uh, and a lot of printers didn't have them so it was all what we call pleasing color it was how the pressman particularly perceived color color was all over the place nice. so if you walk down a grocery store back in the certainly in the 50s and the 60s and you were looking at cans of soup you probably saw a rainbow of, uh, of shades of red if it was Campbell's or something like that because uh, color variances were completely up to the pressman himself. Each job had to be made ready from scratch, which means that all the problems that were associated with paper and board back then had to be replayed every time they set up the press to run a, uh, um, run a job. And we also must remember that letter letterpress, they used a lot of gummed paper, like the back of your envelope. Well, you don't see that anymore, thank God. But on a day like today, for instance, 40 degrees, you know, 75% humidity, uh, or countries that were always like that, it was absolutely a nightmare because the sheet stuck, and of course, in the in the winter time, you had static. So, and they had curls, nasty curls, in in. Uh, in that type of gum paper. And a lot of things were gum paper. All the labels, for instance, for for jar foods and whatnot were all right. printed on gummed paper. Yes. Um, so the difference between yesterday or the 60s, 50s, and 60s of today, the, the press today is really unrecognizable from what they were making then.
0: So help us understand, how, to, how has the technology evolved
1: Well, the technology evolved in short little spurts because for a long time, it was getting more out of the press. That means getting the press to run faster. And then it was, let's not worry about the press running faster. Let's make a bigger size press. A good example of that is the book industry. This is where certainly it started before the World War II uh, with Harris, and it carried uh, forward until the 60s where a common press was a a 54 by 77 inch Harris or a 54 by 77 inch Mealy, American Mealy, because at that time printers said, well, let's get more on a sheet. So let's run 48 page books. Let's do it all one on one flat and we will fold it on one of these massive folders that they would sell. That started to be a problem Uh, Because the sheets were so big, it was so hard to handle. Everyone had to have specialty equipment. Paper cutters were large. And then all of that disappeared. Now, the only large format presses you see today are for point-of-sale products and signage and stuff like that. Not many people have uh, large format presses uh, unless they're 64-inch presses for packaging or something like that. So that changed. And then, of course, with offset, the web market matured, and the web market took away a lot of that work as well, and that that altered the the landscape for the offset press. But the offset press, from from then to now, um, they started to think about things like uh, make ready. So it all it, it it went from production: how much can we get off the press to how how can we get the press up to saleable sheets as quickly as possible that was a huge problem so when that happened things started to revolve around um modernizing and and, uh, automating some functions of the printing press and you saw that with the press off press console which basically was started uh, by harris and then by miller and then it moved to uh, Man Roland and uh, Heidelberg, and that's everything. Now everyone has a console. That no one, no, we take that for granted. But that was a huge step forward to make ready. So make ready drove the offset press definitely since the 70s.
0: So we've spoken about make ready. Now, what were the other major milestones in this evolution of offset technology? Uh, the major milestones.
1: I think the biggest milestone probably has nothing to do with the actual offset press. It was CTP, direct to plate, okay. computer to plate. I think that played a key role in keeping the offset press uh, viable because now all the problems that were inherent with film and making a plate, things such as trying to get fit, it was always a struggle with film, uh, were eliminated. And that whole bastions of a print shop, which were strippers departments and plate making departments were eliminated. Step and repeat machines that people had spent, you know, close to a million dollars on were eliminated. So I think it was CTP had a lot to do with it. I think another uh, key, uh, key development was the direct dampening or what we call continuous dampening, which I've written about before with Dahlgren Everyone has Dahlgren's type of dampening system now. That was a big change too, because it eliminated all the, the socks, the cloth coverage, cover dampening, uh, which still was prevalent even in the early 90s. LED, certainly, right. you talk a lot about that. Yes. LED, UV has been around for a long, long time. It was around before the war, it was be around after the war, very inefficient very small market for it because it was so expensive the inks were very unstable Uh, but now with led or low energy inks uh, the photo initiators that they put into the inks uh, they've actually got that right now that's made a huge difference because it's eliminated things like spray powder it's eliminated the huge amounts of power that were used to to dry uh, the water base or the aqueous coating which we used a lot of in the 90s it, it sped up the process of print because it now can go from the printing press to immediately to wherever it has to go to a paper cutter to a folder or whatever it's dry and okay. so that's a big change so i i think really that's the biggest changes
0: we mentioned a couple of suppliers we mentioned harris nanderland heidelberg um, our- who are the other major suppliers of offset technology?
1: Well, of course, Harris is long gone. <laughs> Harris is now a $13 billion company in a completely different industry, but they were an innovator. Right. Uh, uh, Man Roland was uh, a very early in- innovator. In fact, of all the manufacturers today, Man Roland has the most experience with offset process They've right. been building them longer than anybody. And of course, Heidelberg is always perceived as number one. Mm-hmm. Um they they are they are, for, are formidable because they have a great machine, the Speedmaster. Cuniger Bauer, again, they've developed their uh, Rapida over the years since 1998 when the 105 came out. They've they've really got a good machine now, and they're also known for package or board as a board press even though all the presses today are board presses. Uh, Komori has done a phenomenal job too. They've redesigned their Lithrone since 1981. It's gone through many, many changes, adapted to the, the role of being a bit of a make ready king, uh, very heavy press, runs board. And RMGT, Ryobi, Mitsubishi, graphic nice. trading. Smaller, perhaps, but still a formidable competitor. They've sold a lot of presses in the US.
0: Now, before I let you go, Net. Please tell me, what do you think is going to be the future of this technology?
1: I think the future of offset, I think you have to look the long term with offset presses. A lot of people talk about, oh, it's going to do this, it's going to do that, or it won't be around, or digital is going to take over. I don't really think that's the case. Right now, there's nothing that can do certain types of printing, package printing, long-run printing, label printing, like an offset press can. Quality is still the best. You're not tied to different vendors for things like inks and whatnot. So I think what we're seeing is the offset press market, I don't think will grow because the presses are constantly getting better. A little bit here, a little bit there. Make ready are a little bit faster. Uh, they're going to continue to compete with the digital machines, which are for the most part, not really ready to go head to head with offset. So I think for the next at least the next five, 10 years. don't think we want to go beyond, looking beyond 10 years. Uh, the offset press is still going to be a very viable part of the printing industry.
0: Thank you so much for the promising outlook. Next, always a pleasure to talk to you. I also wanted to thank the listeners for tuning in and listening to this interview. Thank you so much and have a great day.
1: Thank you.